that's pretty sweet. When, like, it's, I think, the only game, like, to be honest, as an adult, I don't care that much. But I'm trying to imagine being, like, if I had been 15, getting to the scene where, how, like, How Squall, fucking jazzed you would have been. Where, like, Squall <laughs> and Cloud are back, where they're doing, like, Butch Cassidy and Sundance bantering back. I mean, it would be, like, the fucking Avengers. It's yeah. Like, just, did I just pee myself? It felt really good. I don't know. Was that pee? <laughs> Uh, I guess this is the Big Bang Theory theory. Hi, I'm Nick. Hi, I'm Kyle. Did we start? Are we? I, did, I didn't tell Kyle when we started recording, but we've been recording for about ten minutes now. Ah, uh, Jesus Christ! Uh, don't worry. It's my 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 practice is we we only ever start exactly thirty seconds before uh, we introduce ourselves. That's because I, I get real frustrated when shows have like long intro music or, or ramble or whatever. Not like we have a point we're ever getting to, you know, but I don't, I don't like the pretense. So, um, but yeah, Hey, you, uh, dear listener, uh, interrupted us, uh, talking about, Oh God, how excited we would have been if we were, if we were tweens, uh, and, and experiencing culminating moments in Kingdom Hearts 2. <laughs> but for the record, by the way, I'm currently 37, and I'm still pretty excited about that idea. But that's not uh, technically what the show is about. This show is about the television series The Big Bang Theory. And what Kyle and I do is we went on an investigation to explore why it is that... Uh, Every uh, uh, allegedly self-respecting nerd hates the show, but why the rest of the world loves it. And, uh, you know, it's we've been doing this for three years now. I don't have any answers for you. But hey, hey, thanks for coming on the ride. Hey, thanks. Kyle, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you, Why don't you give us a nice summary of the episode, Nick? I'll, I'll try. I had, I had very, very mixed feelings about this episode. Um, I'll say it, when it started was very upset for like the first half of the episode i was like this one seems conspicuously mean and the audience seems pretty regularly uh put off by by what people are saying but then um for the latter half through the sheer charisma of amy farrah fowler i was 100 percent back on board and maybe one of my favorite the, my first favorite line in the show I've, there's no line in the show that I've ever thought about before, but th- this episode had the one line where I was like, that's a winner. That's staying with me. Um, but the actual episode we watched today uh, was from season five, episode three, officially titled The Pulled Groin Extrapolation. Uh, and it's a weird beast. Uh, so it opens with the, the gang, uh, like almost all of them. I think everyone actually, except for Priya, who's not an official gang member. Uh, hanging out in Leonard's apartment. They're all finishing Thai food. Penny asks if she can have the last dumpling. Sheldon points out that uh, that is reserved in Thai culture for the most important person dining at the meal. And so uh, Penny g- immediately grabs it. And while having a face full of dumpling, thanks everyone for the honor of being recognized as the most important. And that was a favorite Penny moment of mine. So that was a good start. And it kind of goes downhill. Everyone and everyone except for Amy and Leonard end up uh, leaving the apartment. Sheldon is getting a ride to go to a train store for a real big old nerd con- convention there that the other nerds make fun of him for. And uh, I don't remember what the other people are doing, honestly, because it ends up in a they fight. They are going to go to a movie, but they end up not going the, yeah, because they, of they, the fight. 
they never make it to the movie because of the fight. Raj is driving them. Bernadette and Wallowitz, just while chit-chatting on the way to the movie we never see, it comes up that Wallowitz has assumed through their relationship that Bernadette was inevitably going to move in to his house with him and his mom. And Bernadette is shocked and appalled, and so they get in a fight, and uh, Bernadette demands to be taken home. Meanwhile, I said everyone left Leonard's apartment except for Amy. She just hung around for no reason, and it was real strange. <laughs> Uh, and she she makes a comment about how she has been known for overstaying her uh, own for overstaying her welcome, uh, and in spite of being aware of that and bringing it up, she nonetheless isn't aware that that's what's happening. Uh, it's a weird character moment, uh, but this is awkward for a while. Eventually, Amy kind of opens up and is like, "Hey, here's the deal. I gotta go to a wedding. My." not actual boyfriend is busy nerding out at a train store. And so I need you to be my date. Leonard acquiesces. And so their, their episode splits off to the date where Amy is just a super charming, fun lady that I'm totally into. It's Leonard's being a real stick in the mud. Cause he's grumpy about uh, the weird situation and, and not be able to see, pr- see Priya and all that stuff. Amy's just like, yeah, so I get over it. The, the line that she has, which was my favorite is, Leonard's being all pouty, and and Amy says to him, you may not have noticed, but I'm being a delight here. Uh, And that's my favorite Amy moment. And anyway, they end up actually having a good time. Amy uh, takes Leonard home, who injured his groin doing the hokey pokey. (laughs) She immediately runs over to Penny's apartment afterwards, apologizes because she has obviously made Leonard fall in love with her. And then they, they laugh about that. Waka Waka episode ends. And then to wrap up the the Bernadette and Wallowitz fight, Bernadette has a trial run at staying for at Wallowitz's house for the weekend, which is constantly interrupted by uh, his mom being gross. It seems like a weird trial you would put a partner through. Like, what is the most uncomfortable environment I can try to have sex with you in? And... At one point, Bernadette complains about Wallowitz's mom having been in the bathroom for an hour. Uh, and I just immediately believed, with without any basis, that she had died on the toilet and Wallowitz was about to discover her body. And that was going to be the, the big hump that, that Bernadette and Wallowitz would have to overcome together. And that doesn't happen at all. I don't know. She poops or something. You know, that's it. Anyway, Bernadette uh, says she's absolutely never going to move in. They kind of just accept and deal with that and it's fine and their their story ends so yeah the plot such as it is not much happened not a lot of character development nothing and a lot of jokes at the beginning were real mean but uh yeah could that amy farrah fowler amy farrah fowler won me over what do you think kyle plot points or just general thoughts so the only thing that you left not you left this out and it was not important enough to include in your summary. So that was understandable, but Sheldon's doesn't have a real subplot in this episode, but uh, they do spend a lot of time with him talking. Uh, basically there's a sort of plot where he becomes he gets super into model trains. Yes. And I just thought what was weird about that is that like the way they present his model train obsession and the way in which they talk about the model trains is just felt more authentically nerdy to me than almost any other like niche thing that they have done on the show so far. Like right down to basically the entire big debate in, in the f- train fandom, 
is between two gauges of trains, one of which are like you can use to build bigger model train sets and one of which are slightly smaller scale model train sets. So the question is, is it are train sets as fun when you're using a smaller scale model train set? But like they use the language of like gauges and stuff and it was just bizarre. It would be like if they were talking having an argument about video games, but the argument was actually about real video games and use like real terms that video gamers use, which never yeah. happens in the it's, like they did a I'm saying they did like a Magic the Gathering parody that was literally gibberish, but apparently they can get model trains right. And I don't understand like who on the who in the writer's room is the has the secret train fetish is I guess what I was wondering. Yeah, there's gotta be someone that's big into trains in there. Um and then so everything that you're just describing totally just in and out of my brain. Didn't register. But what I thought you were going to say, which I all I did fail to include, is that I was impressed with how Sheldon seemed so genuinely happy and interested in his trains. As, and everyone's making fun of him. Like, let him have this. Yes, look, what, look what a good time he's having. It's great. Yes, I felt as someone who has, and we've talked about this, is in the like, model robots. Yeah, I felt it. Yeah, it was, I, it was, I found it very him. endearing. Uh, to to see Sheldon express any sort of like genuine happiness or pleasure or joy or anything, it, it did warm my heart. Right, and something that's not like blatantly malicious or obnoxious. Yeah, which I mean to to kind of go back to the beginning of the episode, like some of the mean stuff I was thinking of is like right at the beginning with the uh, the bit about Penny taking the the last dumpling, uh, Sheldon. Uh, before she can even finish the dumpling, is like, oh yeah, keep eating. I've seen what your mom looks like. And it's like, what are you really Sh- from Sheldon? Yeah, Sheldon's taking a you're you're gonna get fat like your mom joke. Where did that yeah, come? That from? That was a really sophisticated and dark burn for Sheldon Cooper. Yeah, and then there's a few jokes that aren't really mean. They just I don't think makes sense in the context of Amy's character. Where she she's got a few cracks about uh, how her overstaying her welcome uh, has also been pointed out to such people as uh, but by to by her to uh, pointed out to her by such people as her her gynecologist uh, and there's like uh, Leonard's like oh yeah this is kind of uncomfortable when you're blah 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 and she's like that's what my gynecologist said and it's like I don't it's it doesn't make sense. she seems perfect like I said perfectly aware of the situation, of the comments. She doesn't have the, the the Sheldon brain disease where she's so obstinate that she won't acknowledge her quirks. And I just don't get how suddenly she's like, haha, I guess I, again, have totally lost complete awareness of any sort of social conventions and the, uncomfort- uh, the, the discomfort I cause in other people. Well, I, I almost so... The way I read this, you're right. I thought the same thing at the beginning, which is like, why are they bringing back like the version of Amy who has no social graces whatsoever? But and this is not in the episode. This is just interpret. This is Talmudic interpretation. But the way I, <laughs> the way I finally read that was the whole time she's basically figuring out a way to get Leonard to ask Leonard to go to the wedding with her. Yeah, I mean that is ultimately her plan. Just, because that is how it plays out. Like, and while I've never done it for like 15 hours, I definitely stayed in an awkward conversation or in an awkward situation 
longer than really made sense. Just in, a, I can't think of a specific example off the top of my head, but there have definitely been times where I was like, boy, do I have something I need before I can leave and I can't figure out how to insert it into this situation yet. So I'm just stuck here for at least a little while longer. Yeah. That's, because um, of my own awkwardness. Yeah, I don't know. What else? What else? Almost no Raj, which is fine, I guess. Not good, not bad. I, I continue to be baffled at why Bernadette stays with Wallowitz because their relationship is just like a gauntlet of him revealing increasingly undesirable traits that she wasn't initially aware of and her, yeah. her just her just grinning and getting through it you know yeah this episode was particularly <laughs> bad yeah it was um he's he he's never taking a joking tone about it but he regularly makes comments about how he's looking forward to bernadette becoming his natural caretaker after his mom dies and yes. how it's like oh you'll be the one to make my sandwiches you'll be the one to to clip my nails that's that's what, that's been the deal, right? Like we, you, you implicitly consented to all of that, right? <laughs> right, and like I think the uh, like it's the whole episode is awkward, but the number one time where that gets bad in this one is she brings him breakfast in bed, which is already nothing he has done in the episode has earned him the right to have breakfast in bed, but um, she's going to get butter for him, and he's like, oh well, I guess I'll just cut these pancakes up myself then and it's mm, right yeah she makes a comment about uh hey does your your mom always cut your meat for you and his response is like oh well i understand why you'd be jealous but you know you'll get to too once she's gone yeah it's uh yeah the th- more there's... we talk about it, the more like if it weren't in if there weren't a laugh track like if this were the sh- if it weren't like a one-off episode in a particular joke, if it, if you were reading like a Reddit account of the same dynamic, like you could see this being posted on like on like a Facebook thread, like yeah. woman goes on date to boyfriend's house, has horrifying experience, you won't believe, and we would all read it and we would all go, get the fuck out of there, get the fuck out, get the fuck out. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I feel like Wallowitz is having a relationship with him is puts you in one of those situations where afterwards you are afraid of healthy relationships because the normal behaviors of a good supportive person will seem so bizarre compared to having spent any amount of time with this creepy little pervert who is just clapping giddily at the thought of you someday wiping his ass it's of one of the many duties that he is expecting you to fulfill and take pleasure in And it's never, and it's it's always Bernadette kind of accepting the quirk, and and there there needs to be an opposite gauntlet of episodes of her being like, grow up, motherfucker! Like this is gross. You're gross. That's weird. Like you know, you're great. You're a nerd. You get to be quirky or whatever. These things are objectively disgusting. <laughs> or just, you know, I mean, or that's probably the way that would make the most sense. But I would also accept her just being like really into it and just being like, no, this, I mean, that would be maybe weirder, but it would also at least be like a choice that makes sense. If she's be like, how did you know my secret thing my whole life had been like to be mommy to my boyfriend? And then it would be like a really weird dynamic, but at least we'd be like, oh, okay. 
I guess I get, I mean, it's not for me, but I guess I get that now. Who am I to kink shame? Kyle, I think you're onto something there. I think not only <laughs> is it very possible that, yes, this whole thing is Bernadette's kink, but that part of that kink is the power play. And so she puts up these protests to see whether or not her, her partner is willing to challenge that. You know, whether whether not only is it her kink, but she has to know that he's willing to fight for the thing that she doesn't even know that she she knows he doesn't know she wants. It's 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 comp- credit where credit's due. Big Bang Theory. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I thought when I when I when I watched this episode earlier tonight, I was like that thing that Amy's doing where she's where she's oh, she totally makes a pass at Penny at one point. And she's doing it with a little mustache finger, you know? Oh, yeah. The mustache finger was great. Every, the mustache finger landed every single time she did it. Yeah. Used to great effect. That, that's the level I was operating on. I was like, that's a funny mustache finger. This, this is a solid episode. And now here we are looking deep into the reptile brain of Bernadette, who, who needs to <laughs> be convinced that she's being bullied into something that she's wanted all along. Pretty good TV show. <laughs> Maybe that's what this show really needs. Is it just needs like a director's commentary to explain what's go- to explain what's really going on? It's like yeah. I know it's a little unclear because we had to cut out the five minutes where Bernadette, you know, is talking to her therapist and she explains the secret fiery lust she feels whenever she is forced into cutting up uh, mm. Leonard's steak for him. That could, I'm worried about that though, because I like um, I, you just made me think of uh, Donnie Darko, and how it it everyone loved it when it came out, and it got a director's cut, and I don't think anyone talks about the director's cut. <laughs> I think it's because the director's cut made explicit a lot of things that were strange or open for interpretation in the original cut, and then what you get the explanation, it's like, oh, that's actually all kind of dumb. <laughs> like that was oh yeah. That's- Donnie Dark. I mean, I get. I feel like the choice. Your choices between Donnie Darko cuts are movie that makes no actual goddamn sense versus movie that has a dumb time travel plot. Well, exactly. And so that that's what I worry about is what if with the Big Bang Theory, you know, you get to appreciate it as we do, <laughs> knowing that the explanation didn't make it into the final cut, or we get to see it with those scenes added and be like, oh god, that's. Uh, I, I think it would still be – I think the movie would at that point be – or the – I'm sorry. The show would at that point be so goddamn weird and dark. It would be – you know, it, it would just be a – it would be a masterpiece. Have I, have I told you? I'm sure I have. The time I technically ended a relationship because of the director's cut of Dark City. Yes. Yeah. You had a choice between getting laid and seeing the director's cut of Dark City and apparently yeah. – there, that was no choice at all to you. You, you knew exactly what you wanted in that situation, I also, and, and it just happened to be the opposite of what any I, same I, person. I said she could come watch, and then you know after we could do all that cool sex stuff or whatever. But I think if I remember right, too, like the only real difference between the two versions is that the director's cut doesn't include like the opening. Um, like text scroll or narration or whatever to like set the scene. <laughs> Other than that, I think they're the same movie. <laughs> but I was like, 
you know what this this was dark city night and i need to know <laughs> i need to know if this recontextualizes the whole experience that and also i think but before the episode will have officially started. I was telling Kyle about how I'm <laughs> trying real hard to mod Final Fantasy VII right now, uh, and so I'm I'm all about obsessing over <laughs> minute differences and in, in things that I don't even necessarily love as much as I kind of like and can't stray from. Ah, <sighs> what else are we doing? What else is in this episode? I think. Well, okay. Here's what I wanted. To, so on, sort of a this was an in- Amy and uh, Leonard is a novel pairing in a show that doesn't like pair people off differently very often. Yeah. Uh, which is, and, and like you said, they make it work. I mostly thought it was, it was interesting because it was a deliberate inverse dynamic of the, of the uh, Sheldon Penny, like single episodes that we've gotten a couple of where we see just them hanging out together, going on adventures. And what's that, what that is like. Yeah. It's uh it was nice. And I don't know. I I wasn't frustrated at the time, but I'm frustrated thinking about it now. How the part of the end of the episode is Amy telling Penny that because of all of her her charms and her remarkable pelvis, that she had unintentionally caused Leonard to fall in love with her, and you know Penny laughs it off, and then they they cut to um, Sheldon saying hi to, to good morning to, to Leonard the next morning. And Leonard saying he had a, a surprisingly good time with Amy and Sheldon being like, oh, what's that about? And, uh, you know, don't need it. Don't want it. I, I'd like. Well, I'd no, like you're if, cutting out the and he 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 hits him. I think maybe I blocked that out of my mind. Sheldon hits Leonard in a fit of it's the most it, I was I mean, it wasn't it was just a weird throwaway, but it's the most jealousy we have seen. Sheldon uh, demonstrate in the show because he uh, he thinks that uh, perhaps Leonard and uh, Amy had some sort of rendezvous and he slaps Leonard and goes, no, she is not for you. Okay. I don't know how I blocked that out, but I absolutely did. But okay, good on Sheldon. But also, uh, even though it's obviously not going to go anywhere romantically, uh, I'd be happier if they didn't even try to move in that direction. Because I would like to see just uh, more adventures of Leonard and Amy. I'd like to see more adventures of Amy and anyone else. She's yes. she is really becoming the Urkel of this show. Yes, she with a very similar personality. Yeah, yeah. She's always asking about cheese. She is regularly going in and out of a, a teleporter transmogrify or something that that turns her into. I may Farah Foulet. <laughs> Some sort of cooler version of herself. I don't know. Yes. Yes. That was when the show got weird. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I, I feel like I'm trying to trying real hard to extract more from this episode, uh, which I feel like isn't usually difficult when I think an episode is, is interesting. Like I, I do this one. But I, I think maybe there's also. Well, not- you said very specifically you, it was interesting in the back half. So we talked about yes, the yes. half of the episode that was interesting, and we have gone through all of it. It has a very slow... The only reason this episode didn't begin with Amy asking Leonard to go to the wedding with them is because they either didn't have enough wedding jokes planned, or they didn't... Or they, you know, they just... They ran out... They needed to pad time. 
Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that at all, but had they cut entirely the first half of this episode, yeah, it would have almost no impact on on the latter half. It's it's all set up. Even even the stuff with Bernadette and Wallowitz could have been compressed into that time. Um, so yeah, okay, never mind. Bad episode. I'm gonna give it. Ah, no, you know, I'm going seven out of thirteen. A little above half. Seven out of th- Jesus. You're not. Com- you don't have to do the, the thirteen rating scale. I welcome you to. I invite you. But um, you use whatever scale you want. Break out my calculator. Okay. I hope Pi is involved in this somehow. There's a trivia question in my local coffee shop asked what the 10th digit of Pi was. And I was legit mad at myself that for all the, the bullying I got for, for knowing maths as a child, uh, I do not know the 10th digit of Pi. Anyway, okay. What have you done with your math magicery? 3.141596. God damn, I'm one short. Yeah, well, guess who's not getting an extra stamp on their punch card today? Is it seven? Is Kyle, it eight? We can't do this. Oh, God. I, I unleashed this beast. I want it back in the box. We've talked enough about pie. Six no. out of 13. I'll go one lower than you. Okay, good. Uh, consensus pretty much there. As close as you can get without being. All right. Uh, we watched an episode. That was fine, I guess. Uh, good and bad. But now we're going to try to move five. on to... Whoa! 3. 1.141592655. Uh, uh, you know what one slipped me up today? It's, it was uh, which planet in the solar system is the coldest? Apparently it's Uranus. I, I guess Pluto, just because I figured it would be furthest from the sun. That if seems it's... like a perfectly valid way that I think I would probably guess. Oh, except... Pluto is no longer a planet. Well, see, that's where I thought the trick was. I, was like, I thought the technicality would put uh, Neptune second up. But no, it's Uranus. I have no idea why. I'm not going to learn. I didn't get a... I, you know, if it's not leading to an extra latte, I don't give a shit. What we do now is we recommend a thing that as we, we consider ourselves true dyed-in-the-wool nerds, even though I was once uh, suggested by a mental health professional to be more of uh, 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 an eccentric than, than a nerd, and I tried to hold on to that identity. Uh, that we <laughs> we recommend things that we actually enjoy and and think you you would want to check out instead of or if you if you nasty in addition to the Big Bang Theory, Kyle, I've got like like I kind of a a wavy gravy recommendation this time. So if you got a hard hitting one, you should go first. Otherwise, I'll I'll go sprinkle my nonsense. I uh, I do have. It's a sad one. Oh, that's fine. We we both had sad ones last time, so let's. This is the show now. I know. We, we, last time I did Kingdom Hearts, and you did like uh, the massacre at Kent State. Yeah. <laughs> Kentaro Miura passed away. The Berserk guy, right? Yeah. 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 So for those of you, many of you who don't know, there was manga, probably one of the, well. One of the longest-running fantasy manga in the world. One of the best-reviewed. My personal favorite. Uh, and it was called Berserk. And it started in 1989. It was adapted into two different anime. I first discovered it through the like mid-90s anime adaption, which only went through like the very first arc of the show, or the very first arc of the manga. And it was fantastic, and I fell in love with it, and I had followed the manga ever since, which did not take as much time as you think because it was a notoriously slow updating 
so despite the fact that the manga was running for 31 years it uh you know there were years where you'd get one or two issues out which was you know it was fine it was it was a great story it progressed slowly but well and it will never be finished so what is it about berserk is the story of the dark knight swordsman wandering you know berserker guts who has been cursed by the gods themselves and branded to be haunted by evil spirits and instead of you know being crushed by that he just decides you know what if it's my destiny to kill every fucking monster on the planet then so be it that is what i will do so berserk it it, uh, is a lot of it is just cool it's very it's very uh heavy metal i guess is another way of saying it it's just like a dude with a big fucking sword he's only got one arm because demons ate his other arm so he replaced it with a metal arm that has a cannon on the end of it and it's just it's just him going around with a giant sword which you know interesting note you might think oh god not another anime protagonist with a giant sword but this wasn't again this came out in 1989 i think this predates most of the weird anime and manga in which people i think this was like the inspiration as several people pointed out like the the number one place people go when they think about protagonists with a giant sword is probably final fantasy 7 mm-hmm. and you know that came out in what 95 so this was like six years before that so anyway, uh, it's a lot of him fighting like demons and monsters. It's very like Conan the Barbarian. It has, notably, it has different shifts in tone. So there's a flashback arc that is very like sort of romantic, almost Game of Thronesy, or ro- like where it's, you know, an adventurer of a mercenary company. It's much more romantic and light and gets you to really like all of the members of that company right before you watch them all be brutally, horribly murdered by monsters. <laughs> and then uh, and then later on, Guts mates some new pals who all have, one of whom is like a wizard, and it becomes a much more, even though it's still very like, well-drawn and has a lot of like dark and scary monsters and stuff it becomes much more of like a traditional high fantasy adventure because now now instead of like one man against the overwhelming darkness it's like one man with the magic sword and magic armor you know fighting demons and stuff with the help of his buddies and it's much more like dungeons and dragonsy and so it goes through to a lot of different places. The art will absolutely like blow your eyeballs out of the back of your skull. <laughs> it is so fucking good. And it is, it is, even though it's never going to be finished, it's worth reading for everyone over. It is, like I said, it's, it's very dark and horrific in places. So that, uh, that is something you should, you know, keep in mind before you like show it to your kids. But it's, if you're an adult or, you know, a metal teenager, you should definitely check it out. And that was the other thing I was going to say about it. It's like um, I had this thought as I was thinking about my relationship to Berserk. And uh, this is, this would be a little different from you, Nick, because you're just a few years older than me. But like I grew up in the 90s after the satanic panic. So mm. a lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff that's like very traditional dark fantasy with like, you know, horny lady demons and like, you know, weird weird evil monsters and like metal knights and blood and stuff all of that all of that stuff which a lot of people experienced by like listening to like looking at black sabbath covers and stuff that had sort of been like swept under the rug in my childhood because they were scared that you know satanists were going to brainwash all the children so this was so reading berserk was really my first 
experience of like true dark fantasy like you know big a world where like you know a monster can come out of the dark and just rip your fucking face off and you know the good guys do not always win by any imaginable stretch of the situation everything's very scary and borderline hopeless it's like perpetual twilight it's medieval but it's borderline post-apocalyptic the church is a bunch of hypocrites it's just it was a very, very unique visceral experience for me that is very much basically a part of my core identity. And I am very grateful to uh, Mr. Miura for the work he did on that manga. And I wish he could have finished it, but you know, you don't always get what you want. And what he did do was phenomenal. He will be sorely missed by the manga community. Well, that was really great. I, I admire the uh, impact that this this manga has has had on you and appreciate your high praise for it and am embarrassed for myself at the the wet fart of a recommendation that i have to follow up with because <laughs> um, I, I i do not have a strong recommendation this week to be honest it's i i watched psycho Goreman last night which is a movie i've been meaning to watch ever since it first came out uh it was made by I think they were involved, uh, Astro 6 Productions, which focuses on uh, low-budget, kind of gimmicky 80s-esque movies. And uh, the the people uh, involved in that production company put out this fake movie trailer a few years ago uh, called Biocop, uh, which I, I heartily recommend. If you go on YouTube and look for Biocop, that, that okay, there that's my recommendation. Biocop, check it out. <laughs> and and what that is is it's just a, uh, it's 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 long uh, for a movie trailer, but you know it's it's like five minutes, <laughs> but it's it's about um, a, a cop who has a terrible uh, accident, becomes unkillable, uh, but doesn't really want to be unkillable, uh, but continues being a cop. <laughs> And it's hilarious. And so I later learned that those same guys are putting out a full movie. It's not their first movie, but it, it was their first uh, with any real budget, I guess, uh, which is still very low. It's called Psycho Goreman. And it is about a couple of rambunctious uh, suburban youngsters, a couple of, of tweens who end up digging a giant hole in their backyard after playing a game of crazy ball and uh, accidentally unearth an ancient, incredibly powerful alien being, being hell-bent on destroying all existence. <laughs> oh, no. But he can be controlled by the crystal that they got on top of his sarcophagus. And, and so the, the tweens make him do various humiliating uh, d- tasks. But anyway... The problem, though, is that I think the guys who make it are great at doing uh, effects work, like special and practical effects. Not this, not enough substance to hold up a feature film, though. So I also watched Army of the Dead, the new Zack Snyder zombie movie. I, I went in with high hopes uh, because his earlier remake, his first big film, uh, Dawn of the Dead, I, I've loved since it came out. Uh, and so I saw this the other night and, ooh, I thought it was a real turd. Uh, so not a recommendation there either. This is a new segment where Nick accepts the darkness in his heart and that he doesn't enjoy anything and just tells you things that you should stay away from. 
which will inevitably pique your curiosity and you'll go watch it and undermine my efforts. If I were to recommend anything, I guess I'm recommending Final Fantasy XIV. Not so much because I think it's fantastic, but just because I am enjoying it. I, I think I will continue to enjoy it, but I've got concerns. And my primary concern isn't fair. It's that I have uh, a, a learned aversion to MMOs, uh, which Final Fantasy XIV is. For anyone listening to the show, you should already know what that is. But if you're listening on accident, uh, MMO uh, is short for Massively Multiplayer Online. And that is usually followed by RPG for role-playing games. So Final Fantasy, the whole series, all but two games are single-player affairs. And then for Final Fantasy eleven and fourteen, they took those babies online. And I avoided them like the plague. Because when I was a teen, all my other teen pals uh, got real big into games like EverQuest and World of Warcraft. And they became villains. I yeah. said, not only were their lives about this before. Oh, oh God! I still have trauma. Not only were their lives absorbed by these games, but they, they would get these petty, disgusting squabbles over who who controlled true power over the the plus three scepter of bullshit. Um, and at the time, I was like, "Wow, that's crazy! I I can't afford to play those games." But that's that's intense. I I'm not sure that's a thing for me. And uh, so now, all these years later, I, I, a couple of friends were like, oh, playing Final Fantasy fourteen. if you want to fuck around and find out. And so I am finding out. And maybe I'm not invested enough, but I'm thinking back on those teen battles and thinking about how sad it is to have had nothing else to hold on to such that those uh, plus three stabs would, would cause such discord in, in our groups. <laughs> But also, I don't know, It's I don't understand, I guess, a lot of the appeal of MMOs still. Because um, I am enjoying the game. My current character is Professor Pocket, because the game wouldn't let me call him Professor Snatch. He's a rogue. And it's fine, but I feel like so much of JRPGs are catered to um, trying to present like a real strong like narrative experience and i'm not saying they're good narratives but that's really the focus and that honestly secondary to that but obviously incredibly important are gameplay mechanics that are themselves engaging enough (laughs) to probably distract you from the fact that the base gameplay is itself pretty repetitive you know you're just clicking attack a lot occasionally picking a spell or whatever and I, i remember feeling strange about how that would work in a multiplayer setting. And for the longest time, I just assumed, I mean, really until playing Final Fantasy fourteen just recently, uh, that most MMOs were people just kind of like fucking around in open worlds without any sort of main narrative at all. And as I'm playing Final Fantasy fourteen, uh, unless it is some sort of bizarre exception, I'm realizing that my, my, my thought that there wasn't a bigger narrative to these games and it was just kind of like wandering and screwing around with your pals isn't correct. But then I'm having... A concern kind of opposite of that now which is like well if it is a screwing around and having fun like how do i do that in this game because this all seems so catered to a single player experience like there's nothing i i necessarily need to do with other people except 
like one out of every 30 quests will require me to join a party of actual humans but the game auto selects them and there's no meaningful interaction and then the gameplay itself i feel hasn't come very far since like the everquest days it's like you know you stand in front of a thing and he just repeatedly attacks and you click on your skills and you wait for them to recharge and you just repeat that cycle and so i don't know it's like I, I don't know if I'm having like growing pains trying to like, acclimate to the MMO world or if it's just not for me. But that's not to say like I'm definitely not having a bad experience at all either. I am enjoying it. It's just it's like it's like a base level comfort food, junk food level of enjoyment. It's like this this is good to pass time, but I don't know that I'm having like fun and that's a problem. So. No solid recommendations. I started but to say I zoned out. I zoned out somewhere in the middle there. I feel like you did like four recommendations. We started with BioCop, and then there was another movie, and then there was another movie, and then there was Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, BioCop. I think I'm gonna cut everything except for that. I'm being serious. I'm gonna cut it all because, <laughs> boy, I did ramble. Uh, and you should really just watch BioCop. <laughs> Easy enough. <laughs> well. Our recommendations are out of the way. We've talked about the episode at sufficient length. Anything else this this time around, Kyle? I don't think... Well, we have no guests to plug their own tripe. Uh, I don't have anything cool. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll keep streaming. Probably not. I don't think it's for me. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? I, it's, I don't know. It's video games, I feel like, are really my kind of recharge thing. And I don't like having to engage with other people. And I guess I could be one of those streamers who just like doesn't acknowledge that I'm in front of an audience and people maybe just enjoy literally just watching me play. But I don't know. That seems weird, too. So I'm on the fence. I'm not I'm not done with it, but I don't know. I don't know. That, that's me all over. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, Kyle, what, what adventures are you going on now? I guess I can just stop this recording and we can just talk or not. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. No, what can, are we doing? We can talk. How you... How... Uh, I gotta stop this recording. We're gonna end on a weird note. Blah, 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 blah.